Now, John's text for this morning, as I said earlier, is taken from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. I'm going to read its context, which is chapter 1, starting at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is death. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to see you this morning. As we look at these scriptures, these wonderful scriptures, we look upon the life of St. Paul. Lord, may this be a challenge to each one of us. Amen. Philippians 1 verse 18. Yes, I will continually rejoice. Paul, why do you say that? You don't know my situation. You've got a vital meeting in London and... What does it say? Trains cancelled. I will continually rejoice. You're stuck on the M25 on a Friday night and it's wet and cold. And the wife said in the morning, don't be late dear, we've got some friends coming around for lunch. I will continually rejoice. The surgeon says, I'm sorry my dear, I can do no more for you. The cancer is inoperable. I will continually rejoice. Your manager has set unachievable targets and you've not met them and there's a meeting this week. I will continually rejoice. You're a nurse in a team and a colleague has phoned in, one short in the team, as I know my sister-in-law, daughter-in-law, who is a nurse. It often happens. How are we going to manage the shift? But I will continually rejoice. And your son phones you and says, Dad, I'm leaving my wife, I can't cope. Continually rejoice. I'm sure we can all relate to one of those scenarios. I can, some think most of those have happened to me on occasion. But don't you find joy leaks? One day we're up on a high plateau and the next day it's down in the dumps because of various things that are happening to us. Let's look at this background to our text. 
Take you to Acts chapter 10, verses 6 to 12. Paul and his companions travelled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Paul at Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we get ready at once to leave from, from Macedonia, concluding that God has called us for the gospel to be preached. From Troas, he said, we put out to sea, sailed to Samothrace, next day Neapolis. From there we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, the leading city of the district. And that's who this letter's to. I just love the book of the Philippians. It's so full of joy, it's so full of happiness, it's so full of, full of challenge. It, there was the great east-west highway, population of Greeks, Romans and Jews, a city surrounded by temples, libraries, fountains, monuments and public baths. The Roman colony was there full of pride and also giving special rights to women out of interest. Paul's theme, rejoice. And the word in the Old Testament, 103 times it comes, according to my concordance. In the New Testament, 30 times, mostly in Philippians. To hold on to a joyful state of mind seems as pointless as trying to water the garden with a leaky hose. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful always. It's one of the ideals from the scripture. It's good in theory, Paul, but what about this morning, my situation? How can I rejoice in that? This lovely book of Philippians, Paul's manifesto, how to live a life of joy. When you get home, just have a look at it and just see. He talks about 1 verse 4, I will always pray with joy. 1 verse 18, I will always rejoice. 2 verse 18, be glad and rejoice with me. 3 verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. 4 verse 14, rejoice in the Lord always. Chapter after chapter drips off the page of rejoicing. Paul, how do you do it? Are you a super saint with faith different from mine and you good folk in the congregation this morning? Did he live a a problem-free life, never a trouble, never depressed? Paul lived every day in physical and mental danger. What is it saying to Corinthians about Paul? He said, I've worked much harder. I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. I've been at death's door time after time. Oh, by the way, I've been flogged five times with the Jews and their 39 lashes. I've been beaten Roman rods three times. I've been pelted with stones. I've been shipwrecked three times. In the sea a day and a night. Travelling year after year. Fording rivers. Fending off robbers. Struggling with friends and enemies. At risk in the city and the country. The desert sun got to me. Betrayed by my mates and my friends who I thought were my friends. Drudgery and hard labour. The business making tents. Lonely nights. No sleep. Missed meals, been trapped by the weather. Oh, by the way, yeah, I've got a thorn in the flesh. 
Paul, what's the secret? How do you say rejoice like that? What was Paul's joy? He said, 1 verse 18, Every day Christ is preached. 1 verse 25, I will continue with you for your joy in the Lord. 2 verse 17, I love suffering for my faith. I'm being poured out like a drink offering and a sacrifice. 2 verse 29, joy of hospitality. Welcome him, Epaphroditus, the postman, with great joy. 4 verse 1, the joy of winning a soul for Christ. My brothers, you whom I love and long for. Have you ever had a joy like that? Of leading someone to Jesus? What a challenge. Let's have a look at some of his secrets. The source of his joy. Let's look at 3, verse 1, 4, verse 10. Joy in the Lord. What does that really mean throughout all the changing circumstances? We place our confidence in the Lord. No matter what happened to Paul, God was in control of his life. He's going through difficult situations at the moment. Can you say God is in control of your situation? You think this letter was written with Paul sitting down in a chair and just, I'll take this message, please. Not a bit of it. He's in prison. Filthy, dark, rats, dingy, chained to a Roman soldier. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. Because of my chains, I can say and encourage my friend to speak about Jesus fearlessly. Every guard came on four hours. Oh, Paul, stop it. I'm fed up with you. All the time you're thinking about Jesus, Jesus. My chains, he said. My rejoicing. In secret too, he had a because of his hope in heaven. God gave Paul a clear picture of heaven. He said, I would having a desire to depart. I would go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I delight in weakness and insults. My grace is sufficient for you and for me. A new order, no more sorrow, no more pain. In Revelations. Secret number three. He trusted his master who could say, These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. What about the things that rob us of our joy? Things like our circumstances. We have no control over things like the traffic or the weather. But it often gets us down, doesn't it? Let's be honest. A person who relies on things always being good is a challenge. As a lady in Sainsbury's was saying to me the other day, do you know, he said, if it weren't for the customers, I'll not be happy. <laughs> the only way to avoid difficult people is not to move to another planet. People are a mixture of vices and virtues. We don't know what we're going to have. I'm reminded of bad relationships with, with people. The story is told of an old monk who joined a monastery, took a vow of silence. He was permitted to say something once a year. First year he came to the abbot. You may speak, sir. Bed's too hard. The second year he came up. 
Room's too cold. Third year. Food's terrible. I quit. The abbot smiled. He said, thank goodness, since you've been here, you've been nothing but a moaner. Things like that do happen, don't they? The things, downsizing, moving. The people who have... People, you see them coming in with all the things that this world can buy. Every advert on television is saying, buy this, buy this. Two for one. And aren't we worrying people sometimes? How many in our society, our neighbours, are robbed of peace and fulfilment because of worry? Medicines can remove their symptoms, but not the cause. You can buy sleeping pills, and they don't purchase sleep. A recent survey about anxiety said 40% worried about things that never happened. 30% worry about issues in the past. 12% worry about illnesses they never had. 10% worry about neighbours and friends. 8% only needed help. A real reason to worry. Back to Paul's secrets. Paul's source. Paul's hope. Paul's trust in Jesus. Secret number four. Having the mind of Christ. A single mind. What do we mean by that? Attention, thoughts, senses, personal desires, ways of thinking... Jesus-oriented. Isn't it a challenge for us? Isn't it daily that we should ask to surrender our lives to Christ? What are the things happening in your life that you're worrying about? Christ is named 18 times in this lovely book of Philippians. And the Gospel mentioned six times. What did he say in 1 verse 24? To me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. A single mind, it makes no difference what happens to me, just as long as Jesus is glorified. Fellowship, the wonderful fellowship of Christian friends. What about the fellowship of the Spirit? Do you remember Paul in Rome, his friends miles away? He's thinking about, I wonder, that lady Lydia... The business lady, the seller of purple, she came to know Jesus. Oh yes, there was a slave girl too, who used to tell fortunes. She came to know Jesus. And that jailer was about to kill himself, and I said, don't worry, no, 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 no. Baptised with all his family. I have you in my mind. He said, I have you in my heart. You're not getting on my nerves. I've got you in my heart. How did Paul show the love of people? 1 John 3 says, Love the evidence of salvation. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. Is there someone that you maybe ought to write a letter to? Something where the relation's gone terribly wrong. Maybe a phone call speaking to someone the other day and they said we were a happy family going on holiday and there was a mighty row and we've never spoken since and that person didn't even go to our friend's funeral 
This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Friends, who's on your prayer list? The shut-ins? The people who can never come and worship like this because of their failing health? One at a visit, a cup of coffee. Love for the brethren. 1 Peter 4.8 Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. It's a golden wedding anniversary. And the reporter says, tell us some of the blunders your wife has made. Can't remember any. Surely it must be something. No, it says, I love my wife so much. I don't remember things like that. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Secret number six of Paul, because of his priorities. He could say, I'm not afraid of life or death. Either way, it's wanted to magnify Jesus. He was Paul facing a difficult situation. Do I remain alive for the believer's benefit in Philippi, but to depart and be with Christ, which could happen to me? Now I want you to know, brethren, that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Here's a man in chains. Here's a man in prison saying, all this has happened Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. The Lord's being praised. People coming to know you. I know that I will remain and I will will remain and will continue with all joy for progress and joy. He wanted them to make some pioneer advance into new areas of spiritual growth. What a man Paul was. He was even willing to postpone going to heaven in order to help Christians grow. For Paul, death had no terrors. It simply meant departing, a word used by sailors. It meant to take down your tent and move on. What a picture of Christian death. The tent we live in will be taken down, but we will be with Jesus. Sailors used the word also, It meant to loosen a chip from the anchor. And it was political too, the setting free of a prisoner, a word used by farmers in Paul's day to unyoke the oxen. Paul had a single mind. He said, for me to live is Christ. Friends, what's the one thing that makes you get out of bed? What's the one thing that motivates you? What's the one thing you would say, filling in, for me to live is, is it Christ? People on the Olympic team, they've been working hard for years, months and months to get to this state of wonderful being a gold medal winner, a silver medal winner. That's been their objective. That's been everything that they could do, everything about life, for one thing, to work to get that medal. For me to live is fame and to die is to be forgotten. For me to live is power, control in all to die, to die, to lose it all. Someone said about the Duke, which uh, Duke of Westminster, who died this last week, 9.3 billion money. And someone said, how much did you leave? Someone said, everything. Everything. 9.3 million pounds. Yes, he did a lot of work with it, but he's gone now to face his Lord. 
I have you in my prayers, he said in 7 verse 9. Paul found joy in the memories of his friends. He remembered them before the throne of grace. This is my friends. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Friends, are you a praying church? I'm sure you are. When I went to Chiddingfold and I was so amazed, from 9.30 to 10.15, the church, everybody was in their seats praying for the Lord to bless that service. Yes, I will continually rejoice because of my source of joy, because of my hope of heaven, because he trusted the Master, because of the mind of Christ, because of his priorities, because I have you in my prayers. Yes, I will continually rejoice. Is that your theme this morning? And can you say, Lord, may I be able to be rejoiced no matter what situation I'm going through? Lord, I will continually rejoice. Amen.